0: yeah, the cue, the kids get the cues from the parents, right? And that's why TAME stands for Talking, Asking, Modeling, Explaining. So that modeling is such a challenging step of the Tame year Tech process and communication. Talking, asking, modeling, explaining. We do that in the physical world all the time, right? And it's been that way forever. But for some reason, when the kids spend a lot of time in the digital world, they miss those school, those cues, right? They miss those, that social cues that we would teach them in life. Um, we don't tend to use those skills, talking, asking, modeling, explaining, specifically around how we use technology.
1: Thank you for joining me for another episode of Growing Up With Tech. I have a very special guest today, Dr. Beverly Pell, also known as Dr. Bev. And we're gonna have a great episode today talking about technology, kids, and how to tame your tech. So I'm gonna turn things over to Dr. Bev to introduce herself, and we'll get started with this episode right now.
0: Hello, Lowell. Thanks for uh, having me. I'm grateful to be here. And yes, Dr. Bev is what people are calling me now, which is fun for me. Um, I'm a longtime educator, uh, over 20 years, and now I'm turned entrepreneur in the same space, education space. And yeah, I'm a mother. I have three grown children and one granddaughter already. So that's fun. And uh, yeah, as an entrepreneur, I'm a new business owner. I started my business about a year ago called Smart Digital Kids. And so far, we have a parent guide and have written that. We're just a brand new company. So um, yeah, Tame Your Tech, like you were saying, I have that. So excited to talk to you about that today.
1: Awesome. I'm very excited to have you on. Um, Tell me a little bit more about the guide that you wrote, Tame Your Tech, how that started and what led you to shift from education to this?
0: Yeah, uh, it was a big shift actually, but the pandemic happened, right? So we all shifted in some way. And I would say the pandemic had a lot to do with where I am today. Uh, Yeah, I, I have such a huge background in education starting in California. Originally, I'm from the States and Uh, I was an English teacher to begin with and in the classroom teaching everything actually 8th through 12th grade English. And then we moved out to Kansas and that's where we started raising our, our family and we have really good schools out here. Um, but my daughter was just performing at a really high level in terms of reading and writing, you know, English teacher mom. And so we had her tested and they said, you know, she's not going to do very good in kindergarten. So I said, well, I just had a baby and I'm like, well, just homeschooler, you know, I know how to teach kindergarten. So uh, one thing led to another and I homeschooled both my daughters through to graduation and now they're graduated from college. And, um, my son, I have a son also homeschooled him for a little bit, but then he actually went through the public school system. Um, and life happened and I happened to go in and get my master's of education thinking, Oh, when I'm done with the kid, a career, I'll go <laughs> on, and go back to teaching. And, uh, then, I just went on. I, I couldn't get I a, a te- I couldn't get a teaching position as a mass with my master's degree. So I thought, well, my son has four more years of high school. I'll just go get a PhD. So I was lucky enough to be close to the University of Kansas, and so I just stayed with education, got a PhD. Thought I would get on a professorship in 2019. I couldn't find one, so I stopped looking. I in the summer. Uh, I had some time in the summer. My daughter had just had her baby. And that's my first granddaughter. So I offered to watch her. So I watched her full time, like uh, every day from about 7.30 to 4. And while I was watching my granddaughter, I noticed how attached I was to my tech because I was so used to doing research for school or texting and social media and all of this, that I would put it right next to me on, on my couch. When I was like feeding the baby, it would be like, wow, I have two things going on here. It was strange. And so while doing that, I realized, you know, this is probably what it's like to be a mom today. And I compared it to how I was as a mom, 20 years previous. And then I thought, wow, you know, we've got this, this, This digital world that we're part of, but I have to be in the physical world because I have this baby here. My tension is totally divided. So, I like took a step to try to separate myself from my device. And one day, she got older. That's why she became three months old, four months old, five months old, and she started staring at me. And I'd be like catching up with whatever, and I just kind of put myself in this baby's place. And I thought, wow, this is different. It's, it was uncomfortable for me. So I, I sat down literally on the couch one day and said, I need to tame my tech. It's getting out of control. It's like something wild, wild. I don't, uh." so I did, I started like figuring out and doing some research and reading books and learning from experts, how to be a digital parent today, because I want to be a really good grandparent. And I just wanted to be there for her and raise her kind of like people say balanced or whatever but I don't think that's true but I just want her to know when I'm present in the physical world and when I'm online and separate those two because I'm not I'm the type of person that cannot do both. I cannot be texting and listening to my husband at the same time. And he would go on and on and let you know, "Yeah, I can't even do social media and be present." So It took me seven weeks. I'm just going to put it out there right now for all parents listening. It took me seven weeks to feel disconnected to my tech. So that's kind of how it came about the whole tame your tech thing, uh, the idea. And I thought that's kind of cool. You know, I like that phrase, tame your tech. And this was now in 2020. So right before the pandemic, I thought I want to do something with this. I want to. I want parents to feel what I felt, but yeah, it took me, you know, a month and a half to get there, but it felt so good. I was in control of my tech and my granddaughter, when she came over, I would put my tech down, even though it was so hard. And then of course we would pick up the phone and take pictures. And I would do that, but you know, only for a little bit. And I just got to understand this relationship between a new human being born in today's digital world and, and my own daughters and son born before before the digital um, being infants, you know, they grew up in the digital, what I call the digital world, but um, yeah, so I went through my research, like I was saying, I was researching what the experts had to say and there's doctors that, you know, here's what the internet's doing to our brain. I wanted to read all that. And as a researcher, I, I did that and I looked through all of my notes and I noticed that these experts were doing, were saying the same thing. There were patterns and they were saying, what we need to do is communicate with our kids because they're growing up in a world that was different than ours and we need to communicate with them. And I thought that is so smart. So I went through again to find out, well, how do we do that? And it was, they were saying, well, we need to talk to our kids about digital tech. We need to ask questions. We need to model healthy tech use. And we need to explain to our kids why we're on our phones, what we're doing. So that's how it all came to be.
1: It's amazing. That's a great story. And I really like the angle that you observed um which which from what i've come across is a little bit different and and a lot of what i see in articles and and just hear from speaking to other parents is my kids are addicted to their screen and it's always the 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 focal point is always on the kids rather than the adults and i know some people are less some parents are less tech savvy than their kids but in most cases, we all have these devices. We all have our phones and we're on them all the time. It's a computer in your pocket that you can access everything just like our kids do. And even I've experienced, you don't always know how long you're on it or when you're on it or what you know the kids see us doing. So I really liked the focus that you take, which is on the parents as opposed to the children. Can you talk a little bit about that and why how you kind of took that approach and, and what led you to go with that direction?
0: Sure. I, I think it comes back to when I was a parent. Um, I understood very early on the power of technology. and I was using the internet you know in the 90s and my husband as well, and I was doing some newsletter writing and so I would use email. And it was just natural for me to use technology. And yet when my kids were born, mid nineties, mid nineties, I knew that I would need to put my work aside and put them first. And I would do a lot of writing at night and I would be up all night. And like you were saying, you sometimes aren't aware how often or how long we were on our digital devices. It was the same for me. I'd be writing into the night because I was doing mom things and then I'm doing business things and it it wasn't healthy. I was not getting sleep. So I realized this power of tech. And as my kids grew up, they wanted to play games. So the games were starting to come out and learning through games. And of course they watched TV, PBS, you know, they watched public television and they learned a lot. And I grew up watching TV. That's just kind of normal. I think the screen time that the kids had back then, but I had a healthy respect for, for tech. I knew that, We do tend to lose time on tech, especially when you're in your flow, right? You're enjoying it and it's fun and it's you're getting a lot of return out of your time. So that's a a lot of kids are are getting that. A lot of adults are getting that, of course, with social media. Um, so I raised my kids with that same healthy respect for tech. And one of the things is that they wanted to do that I noticed right away was play those play those video games. And if they were still in diapers, I said no. So I said, you need to control your body before you can get on here and control your time on tech, the tech, understand what the tech is. And so that was just my, um, my rule and my son growing up there. He's uh, six years, four years. There's a spread between my, my youngest daughter and there's four years between them. He would watch them with the mouse playing these games and he want to play so bad and like, there's motivation to get that potty trained. done. And he was, I think he was, he potty trained quicker than the girls. So back then it was just the mouse, right? There was no iPad, there was no iPhone. It was easier it was easier for me. We just, here's the off button and we just turned it off and I taught them how to do that. So I don't think we do that as parents today. Um, we tend to take the device away and just say, you're done or tell the kid to go put the device, you know, you're done, go put it on the charger or whatever, rather than when they're in the moment, they need to kind of take some time to come out of the moment and, and turn off the device by themselves, like to to have this, um, autonomy, with their device. Cause they do think of it. I think kids are getting their cell phones or their smartphones so much earlier. Now Their smartphones that they're like, this is mine or their iPad at a very early age. This is my iPad. Um, then I really like that healthy respect that parents can model for their kids and teach them just how powerful these machines really are.
1: One of the things that I noticed, um, when I was, the researching the tame your tech guide that you've um created was you focused on a certain age range with kids in taming their tech and and you said um helping them from you know the time they're born or or in your case it was a little bit older than that but in more cases as as we've discussed kids are kind of latching on to devices even at a younger age um but you focused on you know, up to age nine, why did you choose that range of age nine?
0: I would say at nine, something happened. So in all of my research and homeschooling my own kids and researching then as well, of course, I had courses, you know, uh, in my studies as an educator and child and adolescent development but in also researching with your own children, because you tend to be even more harder on yourself when they're your own kids, I guess, or, or analyze everything you do, or at least I did. Um, there's something that happens around age nine when kids enter the fourth grade um, reading. So kids read at different levels, right? But something about fourth grade, they tend to level out. So if you get Uh, kids that might be more, you know, kinesthetic and they like to move a lot and climb trees. They don't have time for reading. Right. And then other kids that are like, I don't want to climb a tree. I'm just going to read all the time. They're like this, but right around nine, age nine is when a lot of kids are looking outside in the outside world. They're more aware of who they are and they're comfortable and more comfortable with their bodies. And it's like this special window between nine and eleven where they seem to be very attentive, their reading scores, their math scores. It's just like this pocket of time between nine and 11, but everything before that, I think parents are so influential in their lives. Kids are listening, they're watching, and they're listening when you're explaining. So the tame your tech is it's self-awareness. The the method it starts, the whole program starts with self-awareness of the parent. So in order for taming tech, the parents need to to start first on how do I use my tech? Um, It's not this, um, wow, I'm using my tech too much. Oh, oh, here's here's this lady. She's saying tame your tech. It does not mean I got to put my phone away every weekend. No, 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 no. I use my phone every day. However, every once in a while, I do turn it off. Um, but that's just where it starts. It's when's the last time you turned off your phone, right? When's the last time you've gone half a day without looking at your phone or even 24 hours. Um, I'm right there with all the parents, but that's, that's where it starts with self, um, self-evaluation and self-reflection just so you know where you're starting. And then you can more easily and objectively maybe look at your, your kids and where they're at. So while they're small, even, and like you were saying, I've seen parents, uh, give their smartphone to their very young child, 18 months, so they can play a little game and touch the circles. And and it might be educational for sure. Um, Yet the parent needs to know what they're choosing by giving the device and having the kid put their attention here versus else, elsewhere. So there's the physical world and then there's the digital world. And, and that's just the way it is. It's all real life. You know, you heard about in real life, right? IRL. I want to change that because it's all real life. There's just like the analog world, right? And then there's the digital world. And so as long as there's intention, when we're self-aware, um, we tend to do things with more intention, right? To be more mindful of everything. So, doing that with our kids and and just explaining to the kid okay i'm going to be doing whatever xyz you can do this and then it's over right okay you're done and you take it away the kid might throw a fit and everything that's okay but the more you do that the kid won't throw the fit anymore it's training it's modeling it's working together as a team and distractions so like i said you know before age 9 you still really teach the kids about communication skills, about behavior skills, and the kids do tend to act like mom and dad. So it's communication is so important in those first nine years, because after that, the kids are going to now look outside and get the cues from educators and friends. And that's about the time where my son's best friends got his eye touch so that's when it starts, right? It seems around age nine is where the kids start pressing the parents. I want a smartphone. I want an eye touch. I want internet capability to play these games on the internet. So that's the age nine thing
1: okay yeah. sounds sound, sounds reasonable to me question. <laughs> now, one of the things that I, I I heard you say was, you know talking about how the kids grow up and how you know we as parents. Um, are are kind of communicating with them about it setting those rules setting those boundaries um, and realizing in in a way to to kind of get them to think about those emotional times so they have the self-control to do it as parents though I also heard you you say earlier about cues and I picked up on that and um, you know not only was it a a cue that you had when you realized, oh crap, I've got a problem. I've got, you know, I'm, I'm on my tech all the time. I'm not in the moment with my granddaughter. What kind of advice, tips or, um, recommendations can you give to a parent who may not know those cues? It may not know when is the right time or when is it that I need to tame my tech? What do you, what kind of direction would you give to
0: yeah, a parent? That's, that's the question right that's that's the million dollar question how do i do this and when do i do it we know the why right and we hear a lot about the why your your kid's brain is being scrambled there's too much dopamine in it and there's cortisol and we've heard the uh be careful the internet you know you can go down a rabbit hole and all these things um that's part of the reason for the tame your tech and the focus on parents Is and I've heard that too. You were telling me about a parent. I I just heard from a parent and she said to me, Oh, the tame your tech thing. I love this. My kid needs to tame his tech. Can you just make a little video that I can play and so (laughs) sit down on the couch and you can tell him why it's so bad and why he should get off and listen to me all the time? Um, but yeah, the cue the kids get the cues from the parents, right? And that's why T A M E stands for talking, asking, modeling, explaining. So that modeling is such a challenging step of the tame your tech process and communication, talking, asking, modeling, explaining, we do that in the physical world all the time, right? And it's been that way forever. But for some reason, when the kids spend a lot of time in the digital world, they miss those school, those cues, right? They miss the, that social cues that we would teach them live, Um, We don't tend to use those skills, talking, asking, modeling, explaining specifically around how we use technology. So I know we were talking previously a little bit um, before this podcast about how we teach our kids. We do these skills. We've been doing these skills forever, naturally, like um, we hold their hand when they need to cross the road so they can feel with us what it's like to hurry up you know, their cars might be coming in. And if you feel that you need hurry, um or the stove, you know, don't touch this, this is hot. And you know, of course, they're curious, they touch it. Oh, that hurts. Yeah, that's what happens, you're going to get burned. So let's not do it anymore. And they can see they want to test the boundaries. Well, the same thing is true in the digital world. And so we need to talk about that. And if you have open conversations with your kids from the time they're using tech, and that might be one and a half or two or three, it's different for every family. As long as you're having that conversation and understanding the power of the the machine, the device, what devices can do different things, how much of the internet they're exposed to, maybe it's just a games only, you know, it's an iTouch or the app, the app or the iPad or tablet doesn't have any internet access. That's great, but it will still affect your body um, so that parents know that, yeah, my, my kid's doing this with his eyes, you know, rubbing his eyes and blinking. And that's a cue that a parent can pick up and then bring that self-awareness. The parent is self-aware. Wow. My kids. And then bring that self-awareness to the child. Oh, are your eyes hurting? You've been playing this game for over an hour. Let's just take a break. Like it's a natural It's teaching kids about, wow, don't touch this. It's going to be hot. Well, wow, you're looking with your eyes for so long. They're tired. It's just a matter of fact. It's not that I'm taking your game away, but I think that's, that's the challenge for, for parents with modeling, right. With wanting to, to stay on Instagram or, or Facebook, you got to go through all your social media and that can take over an hour. Right. So I think that that is part of the family part of taming your tech is really a family thing. And you communicate from a very early age even if they can't communicate it back they're watching you on how you value and how you use technology and what it's all about
1: you your experience was with your granddaughter from a very young age and you picked on you picked up on your habits at an early moment in your granddaughter's life i'm sure your daughter is you know, going to try to model the same thing you're doing and and use your guide and use your advice with, with her. What would you say to parents with kids that are later in the game that have maybe passed that time span that you spoke about earlier, where it's easier to model from that younger age, if your child is, let's say a little bit older, And they're already, they've had devices for a good portion of their life and they're, as they've grown and as their friends have devices and as they're doing more things in school, um, and we'll segue to that next, as they're doing more things in school with devices, how do how, how different do you think it is? And do you think there's a point where it's too late for kids to tame their tech?
0: That's a great question, Lowell. Um, yeah, I, I have heard from parents, uh, who are right there with an 18 year old son saying, I know my son's addicted to tech. What am I going to do? He's going away to college. I'm afraid he's going to fail. What do I do? And I think she's, you know, I was talking with her about it and I said, well, you just talk to him, you know, make sure, um, would he say he's addicted, you know, ask him. And that's part of that team, your tech model, right. Is asking, sometimes you don't just come at the child or the 18 year old and, and just, Hey, we need to talk about this, I think you're addicted, you know, parents tend to talk a lot. Um, but but talking the first step in T t for talking also comes with listening, right? It's a conversation. And sometimes, oftentimes the the conversation starts with asking the question, ask the kid, is he or she self-aware? And a lot of times the kid will say, no, I'm not addicted. And then you just kind of keep the conversation going and then share your feelings. So I think there's a, there's an element of transparency, in this, um, because often kids will say teenagers, like you're saying, well, you're on your phone all the time. Don't even talk to me about being on my phone. So that's where a lot of this comes from. And that's, that's valid. And that's a great place to start. And obviously if you're 12 or 13 and they just got their, their smartphone and they know everything because kids can learn tech very fast because they don't have a full-time job or humans to take care of. right? Right. So that's something I tell my parents too. I say, give yourself a break. It's not that the kids can learn this stuff faster than you. It's that they don't have, that they're not doing anything. They have time to learn it and, and parents can learn it too. So I would say to answer your question, it is never too late to communicate with your kid. It is never too late to take interest in what your kid is doing online and offline. So recognizing that your kid has a life online. That's where the kids' friends are. That's where the kids are learning about what, what how they should act or how their peers are acting, how their generation is acting. And so coming with respect, I think, starting there and saying, you know what, we haven't really talked about digital tech mu- much. And I know I use it a lot, but I would love to hear your thoughts on. Tech and what do you think about it? Can you teach me a little bit of, of your mindset and what you think about it? And without coming like, you know, I already told you how much I, I don't like you on your phone or use it too much, and this judgment if we can suspend judgment, and that's what I did for my own kids. My son got his smartphone at 14, whereas my daughter's, we managed to delay that much, much later. Um, we would say, oh, you'll get it as a graduation gift in high school. Okay. So, and that was 2013. So here we are seven years later, right? So it's different. Kids are getting their smartphones earlier and earlier and earlier. Um, but with my son who got it at 14, I wanted to keep the conversation open. So Snapchat, I know it's something that kids love to download right away. And I said, I don't know. Let me research that. Right. Twitter is another thing. Like, let me research that. And so I I think that's what parents need to do is just be aware of the apps, not not study it for for eons, but just know a little bit about it, and then maybe download the app with them just for a short time to kind of go through this digital tech exploration with their kid. It is never too late if you think, oh, your kid's over here, and I'm over here, and I'm not techie like you are said. I don't want to know anything other than Facebook. I got Facebook. I don't want to know Instagram, Twitter, anything else. I, you know, I can totally honor that because it is so overwhelming and my husband's not on any social media. So there's like, there tends to be two different types of parents often, and we need both. That's the exciting part. So um, having just those, those open conversations and, and trusting that if you show interest in your child, of course, you're going to with the sports or whatever your kids are doing in the physical world, but honor what they're doing in the digital world because it's real life to them and they don't want to be left behind. So that's where I would start in conversation at any age. If the kid's in your house and you have rules established and with my son, I would just talk to him. He'd be up at 11 o'clock at night. And I would say, what are you doing down here? I'm on Snapchat. Why are you on Snapchat? Well, there's this girl that's crying and I'm talking to her and I'm like, oh my goodness. So I would say, (laughs) let someone else, you know, I'm sure there's a story behind that, but I was tired and I'd say, well, you know, 15 more minutes and I'm going to listen for you to go upstairs and go to bed. Now that's just, it works different for different families. Right. And so that's what I would say to parents is it's never too late to talk to your kids Start when they're young, before age nine, make it be a team and never give up to that parent where, oh, my kid's addicted to tech. I'm done. He's out of my house. I'm never going to be able to. Yes, you will. Yes, you can. And it's not too late to start communicating with your kids.
1: That's awesome. What are you, what are your feelings in terms of school? And and technology in school, and um, especially around COVID. I mean, different areas have experienced different things with COVID lockdowns and kids being in school versus remote learning, or or even you know as they're homeschooled and and their interaction. Um, what what sort of things should parents be mindful of in terms of? Um, their use of tech at home. I mean, in some cases, some kids have had a a, a a camp experience where they're away from camp and they may not have had their tech for the summer. And that's a good mental break. Um, going back into school and shifting to that, some parents are concerned with that their kids automatically go right back to where they left off, and they're on their screens, and they're back in you know game zone, and they're back in um, you know using their, their their whatever social media platform or whatever um, you know whatever they're doing. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. do you think that there should also be a sort of discussion about how to get jump back in? as it were, um, or what things, you know, even in, in school, uh, is there a balance that's needed there? What are your thoughts on that?
0: Absolutely. Those are really good questions. Um, I think that there has never been a better time to talk openly with our children about tech and with schools and teachers and everyone to have this conversation about tech Obviously, we adopted new habits because of the pandemic and that we were forced to do school online. Many who had never, um, especially at such a young age. And so how I felt about tech use during the pandemic, um, it's different, right? It was different around the world. But if, if I had that um, experience. Cause of course my kids were grown, but if I had had that experience where I had a six-year-old and an eight-year-old or, you know, elementary school, middle school, or high school, I would fight. <laughs> and maybe it's just me. Cause I, I, I homeschooled my kids, but I would fight for the right. And we do have the rights. Um, we, we give a lot of trust and a lot of. Um, Responsibility to the schools, but when your kids are in your home and this was unprecedented, right? There's that word. Uh, We can't even imagine what we were going to do, but I would fight for the right to have my child be on screens less. So in my neighborhood, in my school district, the the kids, the six-year-olds had to check in online at a very early time in the morning, and they had to do so many hours of looking at their teacher or their classmates on screens. I think that that is way too much. I think that that's not healthy for the child. I think that that shouldn't have happened. And I think after a little while, the schools caught on to that too. However, the flip side is some parents were like, well, it's okay for three hours because I need a solid three hours of work. So see how it's just so, it, it, we're, it's so complex and we're figuring it out every day as we go along. So the pandemic in a way is super helpful for all of us educators and parents and students because they don't get their voice heard as much as I think they should have. They should. But if you have a a grade school student who's crying, looking at the screen, okay, that's turn the screen off. You don't need a screen, go play outside because we're in child development here, right? That's the most important thing, not looking at a screen and and performing for a school district. And that's a whole nother conversation, right? Um, But when it comes to middle schoolers and high schoolers, I do believe that hybrid might be here to stay, where some things can be, uh, some assignments can be done online at home. Um, so you might might get more uh, class time to work in a group or with the teacher or, or fulfill different uh, needs in the classroom versus some that you can do at home. So I think it's going to change everything. But again, there's never been a better time in history to adjust habits, to adjust screen habits and adjust how we use technology and begin with the conversation. So in that workbook, this little primer that I made for the parents, the Team Your Tech Parent Guide, there are worksheets where you can, as a family, assess on how often you use tech, which device you use the most, where you want to cut back because it bothered you and the kids have ideas too. And then you just say, hey, let's try these new habits. And habits take like six, four to six weeks to really develop. And again, it's there's never been a better time in history to communicate for parents to communicate with teachers, share their experience and share the experience with other parents and say, hey, it was too much for us. We had too many tears. We want to back up a little bit and we want to start doing this. This is what we're doing. I would love to see that. I would love communities of parents to get together and support one another and say, I'm going to try something like less. I know my kids are going to scream and cry, but if I give them some autonomy and say, how, how many hours do you think you can play Minecraft a day before your eyes are bugging out Right, and have them say, and they'll surprise you. They'll say "Mm, maybe an hour. And you were thinking like three hours, right? Because he's nine. Um, so having that conversation and just, okay, one hour writing it down and then just holding him accountable, right. And, and adjusting nothing set in stone, but that's why I like about this little guide is it has these worksheets and you can make your own worksheets, um, but keeping it down, writing it down and kind of keeping helps keep us all. Um, accountable. But I think that, yeah, having that conversation with all stakeholders in education, parents, kids, um, community members, and, and educators and administrators about how much tech is good, and how much tech is necessary, and do what's best for the child definitely it's a yeah. complex it's a complex thing. it's a
1: very complex i i think it's you know what there's there definitely is the plus and the and the negative uh, uh, about the experience that we've had um you know in some ways i think it was a, a good experience for kids for those that had devices that were privileged enough to be able to you know whether it's an ipad or a chromebook or something like that I think it was a forced jump step, but a good jump step step for kids at a younger age to get introduced to how to use computers and how to use technology. So, in some cases, I think it was an accelerated experience for kids. Granted, for some, it's it's it is early. It, it you know it was a little bit too early, and it definitely was a struggle. Um, I think that was a, a good experience. At the same time, a major thing for a lot of kids was yeah, the eye strain, the amount of time on screen, having to be there and and, and look at a, a camera a, a, or their screen, you know, not have that personal contact. I saw a shift in some of what my kids were doing from, you know we, we in, in Toronto here we had um, the end of one school year was kind of a forced hard stop. And nobody was ready and nobody had a plan of how to deal with it. And and there was a lot, it was a lot harder for kids to get into a momentum. The next year, which was last year, things were more um, structured and there was more of an approach, but there were still experiences where the teachers were trying to figure things out. And there were more opportunities for for kids in some cases at different age levels to have group time to have that time where they're seeing each other rather than just a teacher talking and working and experiencing so that was interesting um the other thing that i think was also interesting and and maybe you know was one of those things where the parents also have to learn um and and have that conversation is you know we go from talking to our kids about how much time we're spending on a screen. And and when kids are in school, they don't see what their parents are really doing all day. And now here's an experience where kids are at home and they see their parents sitting from nine to five in front of a screen and the kids are doing the same. So it's kind of that modeling challenge. Right. So you said, you you know, do what you're going to teach your kids and model and, and show them what's being done. And here we are. And everyone's in this force situation together. So it's definitely a struggle. It's definitely, you know, there's there's unfortunately in this case, we we had to do it, we had to get through it. Um, but it is an and you know, there's the plus and the minus and the and the the negative aspects of it. So it, it has definitely been interesting. Um, and I really hope that this school year is a lot easier for both the kids and and the parents. And I know socialization for a lot of kids is, is going to, um, you know, where there's the one side of it where the kids were in a situation feeling bad because they didn't have that social interaction. And now I've heard from a few educators, both at teachers and higher level, saying that the next wave of this is... Not only the mental health issues of the kids not having um, that social interaction, but now slightly getting used to it, not having it, and now being forced back into a situation where there's an overload of socialization, and some kids might struggle with that. So it's it's definitely not easy times for for kids and in the situation. But I uh, I think that you're you're taking your direction at a really good time. And I really hope it does help parents and it does help kids. Um, so with that, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your guide, how people can get it, um, what it's like to work through it and, and what what do you think is the next evolution of this for, for you and your business?
0: Yeah, uh, they can just go to smartdigitalkids.com And I just have a very simple page there and it will direct you right to the uh, page with the Tame Your Tech guide. I have a little video I think I just put on there on my website where they can watch it. And I just kind of flip through it and show them what what it's like. Parents can just see how simple it is. And it's really a starter. I think it's self-explanatory. It talks a little bit about why. Why are we doing this? Why is it so important to communicate around the topic of digital tech? And I think that that is interesting, the whole idea of taming your tech. So that's where I wanna, I hope we can go um, as parents and grandparents and educators and caregivers, where we can be on the same team and understand that we're families struggling with this, right? We all have it. Um, Our kids are going to struggle with it. We're struggling with it. We're on different generations. We have all these different generations. And yet I really felt called during the pandemic and then holding my own granddaughter that we need to raise the next generation to be smart with their tech, to use tech and smart ways and so a smart digital kid is a kid who uses tech in creative ways responsibly intentionally and in ways that promote purpose and well-being right this focus on on positive parts of tech i mean there's been a lot of uh focus on the negative parts right and keep my child safe and what what filters do i use and there seems to be like fear that i When I talk with parents about communicating with kids about tech, there's a lot of fear and they just want the the tool. What do do I use? So while they're using tech, they're going to be safe and everything's going to work out. And actually the tame your tech method goes just a little bit deeper to the roots of reminding us we're human. We're human. We're going to stay human and it's the tech that we're going to tame. We're going to control the tech. So it doesn't surprise us. So we don't have to fear it. So we don't have to worry. And That's what I hope that parents, when they get this guide, they'll say, oh yeah, I can talk. I can ask questions. And I know modeling, man, I get, maybe I can get a friend to help me like ask a friend. There are so many parents out there who get this. Like you were saying they're tech savvy. They love it. They're on tech. They control their tech. They're, they're knocking it out of the park. And I've met some of those wise digital parents. And that's what I call them. They're wise digital parents. So as I work with parents who are like, help me, they're so overwhelmed, especially with the pandemic. We There's no going back. We're on our tech all day and night. Um, I say, no, let's step, t- take a step back. And I talk with them so that they become wise digital parents. And I do believe with this next generation that we're raising, uh, smart digital kids will be raised by wise digital parents. And we hope that those kids, as they grow up um, and we teach them how to live both in an analog world, a physical world and a digital world, that they will thrive in both, right? Both personally and professionally in this digital world that we're in. And that would be my hope that through communication and as I work with parents, one-on-one group coaching, there are some classes. I'm going to start a couple classes um, upcoming here in the fall very small classes I do very small classes so that we can just really get intimate share share what we're going through but that would be my my hope that the conversation would start and keep growing and we could raise these kids to to have tame their tech to be in control and have tech serve them rather than just being pulled in and, and going through their free time with just kind of scrolling so.
1: That's great. That was that was a very good way to summarize everything. So i I, I again want to thank you for joining me on this episode today. I think this was a really great discussion. I think it's going to hit home for a lot of parents out there. Um, so again, uh, just just one more time, say where can people kind of find you and and um, check out the guide and uh, and where can they connect with you online if they want to connect with you.
0: Sure. Sure. I'm on social media. So you can find me on, uh, smart digital kids on Instagram. I am on Facebook a little bit and I'm on LinkedIn. Smart digital kids is on LinkedIn, but you can also find me with a uh, Dr. Beverly Pell. If you put that in Google and, and look up, uh, Beverly Pell PhD, I'm kind of all over the place. Um, and yeah, and just, my website has all that as well, the smart And that's about it. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure talking with you. I know we'll talk again. I mean, we met on clubhouse, which, you know, there it is. There's yeah. social media it's growing and growing and it just changes every day. And I learn something new every day. So, and I know our kids are going to continue to teach us too. So thank that's you great. again.
1: Yeah. Thank you. And it was a lot of fun recording this today and uh, it was good to have you on and hopefully we can, we can do this again soon. So that wraps up another episode of the Growing Up With Tech show. My name is Lowell Brown. Again, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Stay tuned. We've got more coming up soon, some interviews and maybe a couple product features. If there is a topic that you think we should cover that we haven't yet, feel free to send me an email to mail at growingupwithtech.show. Hope to hear from you soon and see you on the next episode. Have a great day.